maybe I just feel like it's not treating the letters with the respect, respect that because they are forms that have beauty to them. I, I, I'm not talking about people's handwriting because yeah. it's your own. That's fine. That's just communicating. But maybe artists who try to make things beautiful just try to do that with your letters. <laughs> also, don't just—they're not an extra thing aside from the world of artwork. They're not outside that world. They're in it. <laughs> Even before I knew that calligraphy was something you could do with your life, I loved language. Um, so they all, these interests happened independently, but now looking back, they all tie together. Yeah. So it really feels like a fundamental part of who I am. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better, better, better acquainted with you. Today we're getting better acquainted with Becca. Uh, hello, Becca. Hi. And I was just saying to you just before we started, this is this recording's happening at the end of a like two-month drought or something like this of, of me doing this com- these conversations. So no doubt I'll be uh, very rusty. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I won't. Uh, won't be too bad at this today um but it's funny i i find that doing getting better acquainted conversations kind of regularly improves my mental health weirdly uh so it's nice to be back in the saddle because i I find i don't make time to sort of connect with people in the moment uh, Mm -hmm. in my life unless i i do it for a project unfortunately so here i am uh, getting my my mental health fix uh, (laughs) through you so the first question that I ask people is, how do you know me? Ooh, um, the, the short answer is through Liz, <laughs> um, through friends. I met you at a Spark London uh, show. For That was the first time I met you. Mm-hmm. I moved to London in at the end of September. And like two weeks after I was here we went to a Spark London in Hackney that's right was that in September or was that maybe October October so that was the second one I did there oh. yeah no I remember I remember seeing you there that was yeah I, the Hackney nights have been going really well so I I'm, like those please yeah. please <laughs> you came to one of those because it's uh, they're, they're really good nights um, and yeah, I, so you know me through our mutual friend Liz, yes. who is also American, yes, and has also been on Getting Better Acquainted, one of the real early ones and one worth checking out. I, it, this is the week that I'm releasing the hundredth episode, so I think she's episode three or four or something like that. So that's, early, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's nice. I've been sort of going back through them and and, and, and checking them out. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so you and you're from from America too. Yes. Did you meet Liz at college or? Mm-hmm. Yes, although we became fr- better friends after we graduated. But um, we both went to Cornell, um, and Which we lived in the same dorm. And Cornell's an Ivy League university. <laughs> I've discovered yeah. that this means something more than I thought. Yeah. Once. Yeah. I mean, it's like Oxford or Cambridge, isn't it? I guess. I guess so. It's the but term. There's more of them than Oxford uh, and Cambridge. They're seven-ish. Um, <laughs> And they're not, you know, there are other colleges in the U.S. that are good, too, that aren't in the Ivy League. Um, Same here. But, yeah, I think that's just a term that you can throw out and people know it means, you know, good quality education. (laughs) And what were you you studying when you met Liz? Um, At Cornell, my major was linguistics. Okay. Um, And the subject I studied next most was art history. Um, And I thought about majoring in both, but I just couldn't do it with the art history. (laughs) That's all right. Yeah, and the second question I ask people is, what do you do now? Which sort of slots into this. It does, yeah. It all fits together. Um, (laughs) In London, I'm studying calligraphy, and that's what I've been doing for a while, is making calligraphy and studying calligraphy. What attracted you to calligraphy? Yeah, it's not usual. (laughs) Um, And that's such a huge question um, because (laughs) there are so many possible answers. Um, Well, we've got time. Perfect. Um, (laughs) 
I mean, one answer is that I took my first course in calligraphy right after I graduated, and it was in 2005, and I really liked it, and just kept taking more courses constantly in like the eight years since then. <laughs> That's really simple, and there's much more to it, because before that I was studying language and art. I honestly don't remember a time when I wasn't interested in letters, handwriting, and language. Um, and that sounds sort of like a cliche to me that, you know, I've always wanted to do this, but I really honestly cannot remember a time when I did not love writing. Um, so calligraphy kind of combines these two different strands of your interests of yeah. words and art. Absolutely. Um, language is a huge... That Even before I knew that calligraphy was something you could do with your life, I loved language. Um, so they all, these interests happened independently, but now looking back, they all tie together. Yeah. So it really feels like a fundamental part of who I am. Um, and is something... So, so calligraphy is something you can do with your life? <laughs> you can. It's not easy. <laughs> Um, it's a, I'm still figuring it out actually because there's no one pathway to take but I've had plenty of mentors and teachers and they have a career and they make a living yeah. doing calligraphy so cool well that's excellent <laughs> yeah. uh, the more interesting jobs out there the better in my yeah. what is calligraphy for people who, who don't know it is handwriting. People always translate the word wrong. They say it means beautiful writing. I think it actually means beautiful line, the graph um, part, okay. line and Kali, beautiful. Okay. So there are historical scripts and manuscripts in museums. Those scripts you can study and learn now. So is it like Middle Ages kind of monks yeah, writing medieval, the Bible? And exactly, stuff like that? yeah. Book of Hours or some book of Kel the Book of Kells right. um, or other Gospels, things like that. So yeah, plenty of things in museums to look at in the medieval galleries. And so you can learn those formal scripts, but you can also be more contemporary and more free. And yeah, calligraphy is a broad term. <laughs> um, so uh, it could be gestural writing nowadays. It, it doesn't just mean very formal, neat regular handwriting right. and you could use a brush you could use a pen um, there's plenty that's different right, kinds of pens it's, it's also an eastern tradition as well yeah, as a western absolutely. tradition absolutely um, I've never done any Chinese lettering or Japanese I've studied two things besides um, English writing or the Latin alphabet I did Hebrew calligraphy and Arabic calligraphy. Okay, those are two very interesting kind of cultures to uh, yeah. look at in terms of how they write. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, the Arabic one is so rich with calligraphy. I, from what I know, is a lot of artwork uses lettering and calligraphy. Maybe there's some reason they don't use visual art actual representational art and substituting letters can be a way to have artwork without a, a picture, an image in right. it. <laughs> I don't know a ton about it. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, is calligraphy spe is specifically just writing? Uh, is that right? Or is, it, is oh. there a blurred? I can see that it's, it's you've thought sort hard of about tough. It. Yeah, I think it has to have letters and language and communication as part of it. Otherwise, maybe it's still visual art, but drawing, painting. Yeah, like a logo or something wouldn't quite cut it. it it's, I'm not totally convinced, though, because there are some pieces that, like I said, gestural, maybe have sort of lines that aren't letters, and maybe that still is calligraphy... I'm not sure how to label these things, but I yeah. don't know if the label is the most important no, no, part. Because sure. there's also a huge debate in calligraphy about whether it's a fine art or more of a craft. Okay. 
Um, a lot of calligraphers would like it to be considered a fine art and feel that it's not and are upset. <laughs> um, and I find it difficult to think about that it, because it's, I think of course it's a fine art. Um, well, I, I guess I guess it's because it's you, as a calligrapher, I guess you're representing somebody else's words, but you're mm, interpreting maybe. them. So that's my, like a, a uh, service, I guess, in a weird way. I mean, I don't like that kind of, necessarily, that kind of way of framing these things. But I guess, like, when people think about fine art, it's something that comes completely from the artist rather than it be, but then that's so but that's so blurred in history I mean I'm sure yeah. you, you'll, you'll be able to think of examples but I can think of like like Michelangelo painting the, the Sistine Chapel or whatever yeah. that's, that's, that's craft that's a, sure. a, a job he, he was given commissions to do. Yeah. and portraits and and calligraphers also could make up their own words and yeah, write them exactly. or not even do words but do an alphabet um, it doesn't have to be a uh, have meaning as well aside from just letters always have some meaning but. yeah that's right yeah I mean that's it it's an interesting thing I'm very interested in uh, words and graphics combined in that I'm quite I'm quite a comic book fan yeah and so like uh, you know was it sequential uh, non-sequential no sequential art uh, is one of the phrases that they use to talk about um, comics and generally from the I mean, comics are always about the letters, and well, not always. There's always exceptions. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so much about the, the 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 lettering and the art kind of combined together uh, that that I guess it's a kind of a, a yes. similar art form. It is, uh, yeah. Um, but the arts in the actual words themselves, yeah, rather than in a combination with. Pictures. The difference is that it's how you're writing the letters, maybe. In the comic book, it's not the shape of the letters that is the important part. It's the information that's being conveyed by sure. them. Sure, although there's a lot of... Uh, there, there are a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of the Im- meaning and information in a comic book that comes through how the lettering is, you know. So okay, yeah. characters might have different typesets for to represent the way they speak. So. That, Totally related. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah, well, I I do too. And actually, I like that in writing. I've always been interested in people who use fonts and stuff as a kind of way of communicating story. Like, I'm I'm a big fan of, like, Irvin Welsh, who sort of has, like, writes in uh, Scottish, like, the Scottish language. Like, it's phonetically written. Yeah. Probably not phonetic. It's not the right word. But there's a... I think it is. There's a book that he wrote called Malibu Stalk Nightmares which is about like a coma a person who's going into a coma and the words go up the page and down the page as he's going in and out of these different levels of the the coma. That's great. Yeah it is a great book. I recommend it. But uh, but yeah I mean I mean what so like what kind of calligraphy do you do? What's your thing? (laughs) Let's see um I started just learning the basics, which I'm glad I did. <laughs> um, the traditional formal scripts, uh, like italic, um, Carolingian, the French manuscript style, um, copperplate, which is the more script style right. that you'll see on wedding invitations. Yeah, that's right. Unchul, um, uh a couple others um, foundational hand um, I mean are you working towards the idea of eventually designing your own uh, words I mean not words, uh, letters lettering? yes um, I would love to and I've, I've had some experimenting with that um, I would love to get into typeface design um, and draw letters by hand but then digitize them um and yeah that's that's an interesting thing about calligraphy because it's it's a physical it's a physical thing yes, rather than a digital thing it is and 
I mean, I've done a few of these conversations, and not very many, but with artists. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me that all of the artists who are working with physical things at the moment are also having to kind of negotiate this new digital landscape. So I know a lot yeah. of people who do <laughs> like graphic design by hand, then scan it in and manipulate it on a computer. Um, and it sounds like you're sort of going in a similar direction with, with yeah, calligraphy. I think so. I think. Um, if I want to continue to make a living doing it, I need to incorporate the technology somehow. Um, but I hope to still start by hand with everything. Yeah. Um, and and I like computers also. Um, I'm happy to use them. Um, what about uh, alphabets designed by computer on computers though? What's the what's the difference? There. Oh, just there are a lot of. This is sort of separate, but it came to mind. Artists who don't understand lettering, and you can tell that they just don't consider it very, maybe, fundamental. They don't think of it as art, so they'll make a, um, like a greeting card or a fabric or something. They'll write on it, and beautiful artwork, but really bad lettering. Right. I sort of feel the same thing with computers, that... If you don't understand how to actually make the letters by hand, you could make a huge mistake in doing it on a computer, um, designing it on a computer. Um, Would it be kind of soulless, I guess? Is that the thing? Maybe soulless. There's some just... Maybe it would work, and I just wouldn't like it. Maybe I just think, you know, gosh, that would never happen if you were writing it. Um, just uh, get some consistency, some rules that you have to follow. Just is it possible to make it with a pen? Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to know how to form the letters. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's a it's a very direct kind of community. Like it's a it's an expression if it comes from a human being, I guess. Mm -hmm. And if it's made on digitally, sometimes it's a, it's a it's just a mathematical equation. Yeah, yeah. And so there isn't that kind of human frailty, I guess, going on. Yeah, there are some tricks I think I've learned um, with lettering that usually look good. You know, when to, like, widen a, a stroke in a letter and give, you know, heavier weight on the bottom instead of on the top. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you could just make some... It's okay, too, to have <laughs> to have some that are always the same width all over the place but maybe yeah. less interesting I don't know and do you speak do you speak other languages a little or? bit it's for the linguistics major we had to have proficiency in two languages besides English and one had to be non-European and so I have French and Hebrew okay are you, are you Jewish? Is that right? Or? Yeah, I am. <laughs> it's, it's, sometimes I hesitate because um, one of my parents is and one isn't. Okay. So, like, if you're just talking genetics... It has to be genetics, your mom, doesn't it, to be technically Jewish? It, it isn't for me, but right. my sister and I were converted <laughs> when we were kids. Okay. So we are legal. <laughs> we are official. Um, and and did you write Hebrew when you were a child then? I have, yeah, because we went to Hebrew school and uh, were taught that a few different years in school, so I always loved that alphabet. <laughs> um, so is there a difference in the way that you relate to the Latin alphabet and the Hebrew alphabet and, the, and then the Arabic one that you don't speak but you have drawn? Wow. Um, I think it's easier to write Hebrew knowing how to speak it, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that if I were trying to learn Hebrew calligraphy without the language, I would want to actually learn the alphabet and learn which letters make which sounds instead of just treating them as symbols that I don't understand. So I definitely um, would want to do that. Um, and I definitely find Hebrew easier to write than Arabic, but I think... Part of that is knowing the language. Part of that is just, I think it's easier. <laughs> Arabic's really hard. Um, and I actually, the Arabic Hebrew, or Arabic calligraphy course I took was five days. And 
I hardly got any any experience in five days because it will take so much time to actually learn Arabic calligraphy. Yeah. Um, I realized I would need to spend years. Yeah. I, I kind of can't <laughs> um, focus that much time. I think it would have to be a focus. If um, you'd have like grown up with the language, yeah. then you would have had more access to the kind of way of constructing it. Yes, maybe. I'd know which shapes maybe go where, because the letters change based on where they are in yeah. the word, which Hebrew does also, but only a few times yeah. <laughs> um, less. So, yeah, I, I don't, I can always copy something and not know what it means, but I'd, I'd rather know what it means. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's what I would be doing with Arabic. So, but Do you think it's important to know what it means then? Maybe. Um, I think so. I, I know I would still have confidence um, copying something just by the shape. Yeah. And I know calligraphers do yeah. that yeah. and they, they do a good job, but it helps to know what you're actually writing. Yeah. And you can make tiny little subtle changes and know that you're not changing the letter to something else. Just some things are allowed and some aren't. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, well, into, yeah, I mean, that's definitely the case with sort of, um, like, uh, Chinese or, or Japanese. Yeah, exactly. Like, there are, you know, really... Because I, I, I don't speak any languages apart from English. I'm rubbish at everything. But I did study Japanese for a little while at oh. school. So I did learn how to... Uh, the, the alphabet and how to write, write a little bit of that stuff. I've forgotten all of it now, if I, <laughs> if I even knew it. Ever. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I, I do remember that, that, you know, it's easy to... Brush strokes can change the yes, meaning of what you're absolutely. saying very, very profoundly. Uh, yeah. Which I guess is the case with with, with, with Latin. Yeah. Uh, you don't think of it, but they're very, a lot of the letters are very the similar. The I and the J. Exactly. Exactly. You know, yeah. I, In fact, as someone who often does my B's and D's and P's and stuff the wrong way around, mm-hmm. that can totally mess up your yeah. sentence. Um, <laughs> and there's some it, there's that, and also some things in every letter that you can you know, flourishes, you can add, but only to kind of some places. Yeah. <laughs> um, other things would just look weird and just wouldn't work. Um, or so, the, yeah, or your O could become a Q or something yeah, like that. Yeah, really easily. <laughs> um, so do you, do you have really beautiful, lang- uh, like, writing, like handwriting? I absolutely <sighs> do. Oh, well, I wish I had that. <laughs> like, I, I'd look at one, I've got like spidery, very spidery handwriting. Mm-hmm. I was going to uh, sign my signature the other day and it just looks pathetic <laughs> by everybody else's signature because it's just a functional mess I, and everyone else has sort of crafted their signatures. I, I, I definitely practice my handwriting um, just for fun, just because I love it and sometimes I'm just dying to have a pen in my hand um, and to write. So it, I think that's maybe one reason I got into calligraphy in the first place was loving handwriting. Yeah. And I should say, we were in the Royal Festival Hall. We came up in the singing lift, which <laughs> I was glad it was actually singing. Yeah. Um, but to explain any background sound or different, uh, different language going on around us at the same time as our language is going on, which is kind of appropriate for the conversation. But there'll be someone who complains. Um, so... You, uh, okay, yeah, no, okay, I'll okay, go okay into this bit. I, I got a few notes of things right. I wanted to talk to you about. Of so one of them that I was thinking of, well, so basically, like, I don't do much research for this show. Sometimes when I really don't know a person, I Google them, but I know you enough to ask your friends. <laughs> uh, so I asked Liz some, some what, what, what would you talk to Becca about? And one of the things she said that you, you, you have been thinking about a lot recently is the idea of kind of being an artist and how that relates to the idea of personality like the personality of an artist what do you feel comfortable talking about that Uh, sure um (laughs) i don't know how interesting that would be okay well i can i can work that out in the edit (laughs) but if you don't want to talk about it don't talk about it Liz thought that we would both have lots to say about this issue, so it may be that you're speaking to someone 
who may have similar thoughts. I don't know. Okay, yeah, there's a specific calligrapher I was talking to Liz about, which I think prompted this. <laughs> yeah. Um, who does really beautiful work, but is not a nice man. Ah, um, yes. He's, he's not alive anymore, but he was not a nice man um, at all. Um, and I was telling her I wasn't sure what to do about that because I wasn't sure if I could fully appreciate and love the artwork. Now you know. Knowing that he was an abusive person. But if you hadn't known then I think I would just be worshipful. Yeah. Well, I think that's the case with so many artists. I mean, like, the bigger... I always think of, like, Roman Polanski, like... Yeah. Odious what, he, what he's done, but he's allegedly... I don't know if we can get sued for just saying he's odious. <laughs> yes. But, uh, but some of his work is, is very mm -hmm. excellent. Uh, and there's, there's always been this thing of, like, artists are often very horrible people. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I, I think the conclusion I came to, not sure if I'll stick with it, is that I, I can't fully love the art. Um, I can look at it and appreciate specific um, s things about the structure, but going beyond that, there's emotion, and just to fully love it, I, I don't think I can. Um, no, or I think once you know, it's an interesting thing. Like one of the ideas I, I'm quite interested in as a person who creates stuff is uh, the death of the author. Um, it's kind of a postmodern theory uh, discussed by Foucault and Barth um, in different essays, but they basically came to the same conclusion, which is that you know um, the author is just part of the artwork. So mm -hmm. uh, the the piece of art is just a tissue of quotations because nothing's new. This is one of the postmodern theories that I kind of do agree with, with reservations. The author only functions as just a, an additional piece of information for you when you're responding to it. Okay. So I guess in, the more you know about the author, the more that changes how you interpret the art. Yes. And so that whilst the author may be immaterial to the way that the art is experienced like if you didn't have that author's name on it it would still be a piece of art yeah and you you the audience uh in your interpretation are creating the art that's mm -hmm. what that's what this theory is really about that okay. we the audience create the art yeah. rather than the person who made it and we we create it through our own experiences and for our own life yeah. and how we interpret it and that makes a lot of sense also when you're doing art with language um just um, some art that I've that I love is the conceptual art that is basically just language, um, and the art is not what you're looking at, like the, the formal letters. It's what they say, and I, I think it's called conceptual because you the concept that yeah. you get while reading it that is the artwork, and yeah. so it's in your head. Um, and that's why I really like it because yeah. it's a little different um, but the idea just that art can be in your head yeah. and not on the wall yeah yeah it's so interesting no I, I think that that's a that's a very interesting uh, take on things I mean that's the thing one of the things I like about art is that all of these ideas they're all right and they're all wrong you know it's just fun to think about them yeah yeah <laughs> it is but I mean I mean I guess in terms of like that I find I always find that the kind of death of the author theory quite liberating because it kind of means everybody's creating art kind of mm -hmm. well, in the way that we experience. But a lot of, well, particularly authors don't like it, they, especially <laughs> when you say the death of the author. They okay. think that you're saying they're irrelevant, which they are. <laughs> but, but they they're made not. it. Yeah, exactly. But, they but they're it. not, and they're part of it. And yeah. and also they put themselves into it. Mm -hmm. So the tissue of quotations, if you like, if you want, if, the, if to use that phrase that is is used by those mm -hmm. writers. It's still them, isn't it? I mean, it's, you know, like, I put a lot of myself, I'm increasingly more and more autobiographical <laughs> sure. in what I do. Hey, I'm recording a conversation right yeah. now. Um, and people can interpret that through their own lenses and they, and they, and that my life experience becomes public property, if you like, that I have no control over the meaning mm -hmm. that it creates. Because, you know, you can try and organise that meaning when you're making the thing, but you just can't control how people no, respond to it. No, you can't. I, but I think that's exciting. I really like that too. Like, I like, as an author, I want to, I want to be irrelevant in yeah. a way because I want to see how other people interpret. Yeah. So you're embracing that, you know, giving them the, the 
opportunity to create their yeah. own art. So. But at the same time, I'm, you know, before they see it, I want to make it as good yes. as possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a, a mistake sometimes. I've known some artists who are like, no one can judge anything, so I won't be critical of my own work. You know, I, I'm oh. just going to pass it. Like, you know, whatever happens organically from me, just nah. <laughs> give to people. I don't do that. I'm, <laughs> I'm not interested in that. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, that I'm, I, I wrote down artist versus personality. So I had no idea what I really meant by that. So I was glad that you. Uh, yes, that you I know. Me I in. know what that or is. I might, I might have asked a, a more specific question if I'd have known what I was actually asking. But no, that's that's interesting. I mean, do you think that it's the responsibility? Oh, well, I guess it's the responsibility of every person to try and be a good person. Yeah. But of course. Uh, I mean. I guess it's a funny thing like so I mean if you came across that person's work mm -hmm. you wouldn't necessarily know it was theirs if I saw it I our now? context yeah or do actually maybe, maybe. You know it, maybe some you know of it I'd well say enough. that because some people have that distinctive style yeah. so yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not an expert on his work but I, I, I might be able to recognize it but can you can I think you, I would actually can you take from that as an influence to make your work better huh. even though you don't yeah. like him and if, yeah I mean I could because it's <laughs> <to> him who's <laughs> not alive um, um, yeah some of the letter forms are beautiful and I can appreciate that um, it seems that like it makes you feel a bit uncomfortable just the idea of appropriating <laughs> this person's work it's interesting yeah but I mean, I think all calligraphers know who he is, and I still think he's one of the best artists in calligraphy in the history of it. Um, this is why you shouldn't meet heroes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Do you think that the negativeness of of him comes into his style? Then, do you, is there? Or I, I mean, are you reading that into it, or or is that, that it's so hard to say, isn't it? It's Once not. You know. I mean, the letters are just they're really wonderful letters. Um, <laughs> there's some other representational work that's not the alphabet that maybe you could start to read into, knowing his personal life, but you don't have to to appreciate it as artwork. No. So I think maybe it confuses some people to say, now that I know this, should I be reading into this and looking at it in a different perspective? Just that maybe there's levels you can analyze it on, and one is just strictly formal. Yeah, and, and formally it's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm okay having that boundary. Well, that's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting thing to be thinking about. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to work out how to segue into other areas okay. that I want to, but, but sometimes you can't can't really segue at all. So you just have to say, "So you're from Jersey." <laughs> I am. I was born and grew up in New Jersey. What's that like? Interesting. Um, my it's town kind of was out interesting. New York, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah, it's. I over here. I often just say I'm from New York because I don't trust that people have heard of New Jersey. Um, it's about. I listen to a lot of American podcasts. Good. <laughs> slightly clued up, but anyway. For, it's, for this yeah, one. but it did, it's a suburb of New York City, um, about 45 minutes to an hour south. Um, I grew up two miles from the ocean. Wow. So I would walk there a lot, and I'd love the ocean. Um, and you could uh, go there and look <coughs> across to New York City and to <coughs> Brooklyn, and it was really close <coughs> if you could like build a bridge directly over the water. But when you drive, it takes longer because you have to go around. But so we were really close to the city. Beautiful, not the best place to grow up. A complicated place for me. Um, but I like going back to visit now <laughs> a lot. Why was it complicated? Um, our town in New Jersey was very small. Um, so my high school had. 120 people per class in four years, so like 480 maybe total, which is small. <laughs> um, not at all diverse, very economically well-off, conservative, kind of a lot of things that my family is not. Right. <laughs> um, so 
We didn't completely fit into the community. Also, both my parents um, went to Cornell. They were graduate students and had PhDs, and my dad was a professor. And they had lived in Ithaca, which was focused on what you knew and how interesting you were. Like, yeah. your social life was based on what you knew. <laughs> it's basically, if you go to Cornell, that's the place that you often live, isn't it? Like Liz, Ithaca? Liz lived in Ithaca. Yeah, I that's the town right there. I like it, because it's like, oh, I'm really into Greek myths. So <laughs> yes, like. it's a wonderful place. Um, and not at all focused on the material. It's right. full of hippies and vegetarians <laughs> and... <laughs> Um, what you look like and what you own doesn't matter there. But New, New Jersey is very different. At least my town. Yeah. It's not the same in all, all of the other towns. There are some urban areas and more diverse um, areas. But mine, it's then the focus stops being on who you are and how smart you are and how interesting you are to just the... the material possessions, how big your car is, <laughs> how big your house is, right. what gym you go to, and, yeah, you know. um, and that's... It doesn't sound like my kind of place either, to be honest. It's really beautiful, it's a, you know, safe place, good schools, um, but the culture... It's a bit like, it sounds, it's not a, like a gated community, or something like that. <laughs> it's not, no. um, it sort of has that feeling though. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. There are a lot of um, houses that are set back from the road, and you can't see them, and they have big security gates in front of the huge mansions. Yeah. Um, a lot of those, because we're also. It's a kind of. It's a gorgeous place. It's the ocean is on the east, and then there's a peninsula. Um, that my town is actually on with another river to the north and a river to the south. Oh, wow. So, like, three sides are <laughs> water. Lots of water, moving, yeah. moving water as well. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and so a lot of these houses are on the water and, you know, set back. <laughs> so you can't see the water because people own it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you can walk across the bridges. <laughs> so... That's a nice, uh, that's kind of a very symbolic <laughs> description. Yeah. I mean, so y you come from New Jersey. New yes. Jersey. Yeah. You went to Cornell, which isn't too far away. No, it's northeast. It's five-hour drive. And now you're in the UK. <laughs> yeah. Which is well far away from yes, there. Yes, it is. <laughs> it, uh, I mean, is this your first time, like, living properly away from home, or is this certainly For very far away from For a long amount you yeah. of time. It's, I, I lived for a month in Italy. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, at Cornell, right after my first year at Cornell, I did, like, June of 2001 um, in Rome. Oh, wow. Um, but that was just a month. Um, and after I graduated, I lived in Seattle for about a month, um, which is where half of my family's from. Okay. So actually, I, I am from New Jersey, but I've spent every summer of my whole life in Seattle. Okay. And my father grew up there, and my sister lives there, and cousins and grandparents. And, and that's a city where people get sleepless. Sleepers? Sleepless. Sleepless, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's all, all it's a I great know. place. I haven't even seen that film, so I don't even know anything about Seattle. I feel pretty comfortable there. I really like it there. Um, and so, and now you're here. Do you feel yes. comfortable here? It's taken a lot of adjusting. Um, yeah, still how long, haven't how long really. How have you been here now? Uh, last week of September, so uh, it was a five, six months, and probably six months. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been homesick a lot. That <laughs> um, uh, has been maybe the biggest theme of my time here is just homesick. Um, Are you getting adjusted now? It's better now. London's um, very big, isn't it? It feels huge. It's that, and after Cornell, I lived in New York City for a while. Oh wow! So yeah. you've done big. A little. It's from 2005 to 
just last year. Um, so it's seven years I lived in New York City. Um, back and forth to New Jersey a few times. Um, and this feels so much bigger than New York City, though. Just in space, the, London to me feels so overwhelming. Um, well, I think like uh, New York is like a lot of America is kind of architecture-wise, it's, it's in blocks, isn't it? Yeah, the so grid. you kind of can work it out, whereas London's Absolutely. sprawled and it's grown up like, mm-hmm. through time and different towns combined. Yeah. And it's a maze. Yeah, it's which, so much. It's kind of exciting. I, I like that part. And oppressive, though. I think it definitely, yeah. when I first came to, because I didn't live in London all my life, when I first came to London, I thought I'd be fine with it because I'd visited here loads. But yeah. it, it did, like, the size of it suddenly became really, in my head, I was mm-hmm. very aware of how, yeah. how big everything was. It's hard was. to get a grasp of the whole place. Yeah. I, can't, I don't at all have it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think not just the grid, but also, um, I, I think there are more neighborhoods here than in New York. Even in Manhattan, or when I was in Manhattan, I wasn't, hadn't visited every neighborhood in New York City, but I still knew where they were, because there aren't as many. (laughs) But here, there are tons. (laughs) Um, It's overwhelming. It can really quickly change neighborhoods as well here, I think. You'll be in a really posh area, and then the next, like, you'll walk down a street, and you're in a really deprived area. It's like, I mean, it really brings across the... uh, the difference in wealth. Yes, but, uh, <laughs> I feel that more strongly here um, yeah. than I did in New York, uh, yeah, which I don't maybe like. Maybe it's more ghettoized in New York, though, so maybe that's it. I'm not sure, because I, 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 I think I've noticed more uh, mingling of people to diversity in the city in New York. Okay. Um, here, the, sometimes on the buses on public transit, it's, everyone looks the same. Well, that's interesting. I, I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's not my experience of it coming from uh, non-London, mm-hmm. uh, UK, uh, coming to London. It was like, wow, this is such a like d- ethnically diverse place. Like you sit on the tube and everybody's a different colour, and that's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, um, I do like it. I mean, that's. But 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 I mean, is that what? But when you say they're they're same, you don't necessarily mean ethnicity. I do. Oh, you do. Pretty mostly. um, That in New York, well, yeah, different countries. Um, In New York, just you could be in the middle of the city, and just to me, it feels more diverse there. I don't know if I'm right. It's just a feeling I've yeah, gotten. Yeah, no, feelings are interesting. I <laughs> yeah. mean, w- whether whether it's right or it's wrong, it comes from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe it's just picking out street corners, <laughs> kind of, just any, maybe not any, many street corners in the middle of New York City would feel like that. But here, maybe it's just the places I go to. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> could be. Um, so, I mean, like... Has it been a culture shock? I mean, because uh, we speak yeah. the same language, but we have massively different cultures <laughs> in yeah. lots of ways. And I think that is a surprise sometimes, because yeah. you think it's going to be the same, because the language and culture is not too different. Um, and then it's a shock when, because the language is different. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just things are different. Um, and just the basic things that I didn't know in the beginning especially would just start to pile up and you know a tiny thing would make me sort of fall apart like I didn't know what something basic I realized the words top up I had no idea what that meant oh right so and for non-Londoners you top up your oyster card quite <laughs> yeah. a lot to travel around so that would I be an important thing know. to know <laughs> and your phone you can like pay as you go you can top up your phone I didn't even know, I didn't know how that worked, <coughs> and I was sort of just upset that I didn't know the basics, basic things that I'm not used to having to ask about. Yeah. I had to ask, you know, how you does my phone work? You lose your independence, don't you, when you come yeah. to a place where you don't know anything? I kept having to ask people, you know, what does this word mean, <laughs> um, and how does my phone work, and it just <laughs> starts to kind of build up. Um, Are you an independent person, then? Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, I like to be in control, to feel like I'm in control of a situation. Yeah. Um, 
Although I love my family so much, and that's part of the homesickness, it's just, it's so hard to be this far away from them. Yeah. So independent, yet maybe dependent also, that yeah. I need them. <laughs> um, well, I guess it tests all of those things, doesn't it, when you, when you come out of your comfort zone, suddenly yeah. you sort of, things that you didn't really think about, suddenly you're really aware of. Yeah. I mean, are you, are you enjoying your time in London? <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> I came. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad to experience a new place, um, not just the city, but the country. Um, so I don't regret coming at all, but I'm, I don't think I'll stay here <laughs> permanently. You haven't got the bug. I don't think so. Um, I mean, it took me, I think it took me a year to just orientate myself in London. Yeah. And then two, after two years, I kind of felt like, now I get it. Okay. And then I was like, and now I can't, I, I'm sure I will live in other places. I'm not yeah. that connected to London and I definitely want to live in other places. But, yeah. but part of me can't imagine it now. I've been here too okay. long, you know, I've, I've, become, I've become a native. <laughs> that uh, reminds me of how I treat New York, that when I first moved there, I kind of didn't want to. Like, I got a job there, but before that, job offer I'd been thinking I'd move to Seattle yeah. which I, I feel maybe more connected to but then more time in New York and then I thought I have to leave but then I went back and uh, now I, I really find it hard to imagine living somewhere else so you you missed you missed you want to go back to New York when you leave here um right now that's my plan <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I I think it's hard to know for sure where I'll end up because something like a, a job or family, these could pull me to another place. Sure, a relationship. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, and who knows why you'll move. Um, yeah, the future is a hard thing to answer questions about. Yeah, and if I were <laughs> picking just me right now based on kind of only what I know now, I'd say it has to be New York or Seattle because of my family. Because right. that's the important thing to me and my artwork. But, but that's really great in New York. Anywhere, can't you? I can, well, yeah. It's it's easier in New York where the community where is thriving, scene. yeah. And Seattle's is not as. So is big. there a calligraphy scene? Then? Oh yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. And not just calligraphy, but lettering also. So the. Does it mix with the graffiti sort of scenes? Some or of it, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I'd say that there's probably, in London, you could probably find a, a graffiti scene. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not, I, I don't know how, where, where to find it. I <laughs> yeah. can, I, if you go to Bristol, there's, there's graffiti oh, everywhere. Okay. Bristol's a brilliant place for graffiti. Cool. But uh, but uh, it's interesting to me, the idea of a, a calligraphy scene. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. The community is um, small. Just <laughs> it, it, the community of the it, anywhere yeah. um, the, there are you know celebrities <laughs> um, that the rest of the world doesn't know but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. everybody knows if you do calligraphy you know these names um, and yeah I was a part of it in New York I guess I still am um, yeah, you're, not, you're, 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 not, you're not forgotten you're no. just gone <laughs> but yeah there are societies um, that's basically I think how it's taught now um, Aside from a few exceptions, like where I'm studying in London, there aren't schools that teach it. It's taught by independent societies, right. that each city kind of has one. Um, New York's is big, and I was on the board of directors, um, and knew people, and took workshops, and just conferences. Why did you come to do calligraphy here, then? Is it a really good course or something? Yeah, it's, I wanted full-time. Uh, okay. And uh, most societies or guilds do a weekend of just two days and that's it. Two-day workshop, uh, which I took so many two-day workshops and they were great, but you don't get... You wanted to dive into it. Yeah, yeah. it's a long term. Um, yeah, even uh, then doing a, a, a project that takes a long time, you know, I, I can do that here with teachers giving me feedback and advice for, you know, over ten weeks. Yeah. So, um, I just I wanted to do it full time. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are there are only two places I know of right now in the whole world, 
Uh, there are probably more, but I only know of two um, where you can study full-time calligraphy. And London's one of them. London right now is one of them. Wow. Well, that's an, an interesting thing to bring you to this this very... I think it's a, a, a vibrant and interesting city, but it's, it's, a, it's a complicated one. Yes, it is. So the... Uh, Wow, we've done well because we've covered nearly all of the things on my list. But <laughs> the last thing on my list is not something that I imagined I would be talking... Well, it's not something I generally imagine I'll talk to anyone about, but particularly not to you, knowing that you were a kind of artist-type person. <laughs> You're a big fan of Rio Madrid football or soccer, you might call it, team. Is this right? Uh, yes, I am. I'd say football, except sometimes I'll say soccer because... I don't want people to think I mean American football, um, which I'm not a huge fan of. I like sports in general, though. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> surprising. It's not surprising. It's, it's just it's for me. It's a complicated. I, I can't. I can't quite understand sports. So, I. No one so, ever wants to explain it to me. So it I can like do you're it. Gonna, yeah, because so, okay. I, I have thought about it and had to explain it to people because. I really love it and want to share that. Um, yeah, sure. So another one of my favorite things that is not on there um, uh, is rock music and okay. rock concerts. Okay. Love those. It's uh, so I'm maybe a fan of rock music. Perfect. And I think those are the three things besides family that I'd say I love the most, that define me the most, are so calligraphy, calligraphy, rock music, concerts. and What kind of rock music? I have a favorite band. Um, anyone who knows me knows this fact about me, so they know what's coming. Is um, Pearl Jam? Pearl Jam. Okay. Yes, I'm in the fan club and fanatic. Okay. And love them a lot, and I like I've seen some them. Of their work. <laughs> I've seen them live ten times. Cool. Um, and it's wonderful. When and did you get into Pearl Jam? In high school. Um, uh, I was like fourteen-ish. Okay, 15. yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, You're just, about my age, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was the mid-90s. Yeah. Um, I heard one of their albums, and it was the greatest thing I'd heard ever. Um, it was the first album I remember not wanting to skip any track, and just every track was kind of at a high level for me. <laughs> I think it's the thoughtfulness of the lyrics. Okay. Well, it's a couple things, but I'm lyrics are I listen again to <laughs> I can recommend songs. Yeah, no, you um, should. But, uh, yeah. Because maybe again with the language thing, you know, meaning and language is important to me. Oh, yeah, well, lyrics are the most yeah. important thing to me about music. Yeah. I think me too. There's some where I can melody appreciate melody. Well. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, I connected with them. I think that's what took it from just liking them to like loving them, <laughs> um, making them one of the things that defines me. Um, but the reason I love the concerts so much is all of these people in one place focused on the music. Everybody in the audience is there for the band. And it's a collective and kind of experience. You're doing it together, and especially at the mm-hmm. concerts I've been to, there are sort of some moves that are choreographed that in some songs fans always you know, raise their hands in the air at the same time, or um, like fist pumping. Yeah. <laughs> um, to a beat in a song. Which is what happens at a football stadium, I guess. People, yeah. Everybody has, they have shared kind of routines and chants, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been to a couple of Real Madrid um, matches when they come to America in their preseason. <laughs> um, and uh, again, I'm part of a fan club for that too. <laughs> so it's these things that I love. It's, you know, not just passively. <laughs> Did you play football? Because it's quite. When a, I was a kid. Yeah, it's like a, in, in in America, it's like a girls' sport, it isn't is, it? I think I most mean, kids just do soccer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Kids, it's a kids' sport. It's for kids. That's right. And yeah, kind yeah, of universally right. universal across the genders. Yep. Whereas American football, you don't get so many like, no. girls getting to play that. No, <laughs> they don't encourage you to do that. But I don't even know why I played soccer as a kid. It just happened. It felt like. You just automatically did. <laughs> yeah, well, I played football as a kid. People, I played some people would be surprised. Softball too, but and I like baseball. I was into baseball before football. Um, but it's that collective experience. It's like I love the Olympics, which I know some people don't. But <laughs> it's the just focusing on something that's real. It's also 
escapism, but it's also connected to the real world in a way that TV and movies aren't. So there, I like, I like those for escapism also a lot. Sci-fi and fantasy. Yeah, yeah, me too. Just escapism is wonderful, but you're isolated when you're watching a movie or TV show. But with a sporting event, if it's live, I feel connected to the rest of the humanity that's watching it. I, I feel more connected to the world instead of less connected to the world. I reckon I can understand the live, the live sporting yeah. experience more than I can understand sort of sitting and watching it on TV. It's still live. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know it's still live, but I, yeah, I know I know what you're saying. Right. So that's the connection. Is this is happening right now? Tons of people are watching it right now, just like I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you're not just you're not just one person. You yeah, are, you're you part of something. Yeah. I kind of get that. I, I I guess I have a complicated relationship to communal uh, like experiences. I like theatre and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I should I should and I I like rock music. I like going <laughs> to rock gigs. Yeah. Um, so I should get sports. But I think I think. It was, it's a culture that I was I felt like I was never allowed into probably oh. so like for me I've got all of these weird connotations yeah, to do with like masculinity that. and stuff like this that you don't have to worry about because you're like no. American <laughs> like liking a, a UK pretty much a UK mm-hmm. originated sport but the, the band yeah. you like Spanish I think is it? yes the Real Madrid um, I like the Spanish league I, I, I like them the most maybe just because I've watched a bunch of different teams play. What makes them good? They're really fun to watch. Um, high quality. Like it, After watching the Spanish League, if I watch an American soccer game, like right. Major League Soccer, the drop-off in quality. How does it compare to the Premier League, though? You mean Spanish and Premier League? Yeah. They're both high quality. I enjoy the Spanish one more. Um, why? The, the, what's the thing? What's the... Why? Um, I'm struggling to find a reason. <laughs> Maybe, again, it's just a feeling. Um, yeah, yeah. I find it exciting and kind of stylish. Um, it, it might passion? be less physical okay. in Spain. Less physical. Like fewer fouls, fewer people running into other people. Okay. Fewer people falling down. Yeah, there's a lot of fouls um, going in the Premier League. I think it's less, less rough in Spain. Um, maybe, and this is sort of maybe, I'm not sure, but maybe more fluid. Um, I like the players. I mean, yeah. I think it's sort of like the art conversation. It's kind of important for me to like the people who are doing the playing because if I think they're awful people it's pretty hard to like the Premier League yeah that's a problem I (laughs) I have I mean that's the kind of those are the kind of barriers that actually stop me from appreciating football and stuff it's just how awful people like the the men involved sometimes some of them really hugely bothers me it would bother me if a player on my team that I support is a horrible person I wouldn't be able to support them um, Do you also think Pearl Jam are nice people? Right? Yes, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> no hesitation. Cool. From what I know, I, I, you know, they can always choose what to what to present present to the public. Um, Probably don't meet them. Don't meet them. Maybe. Yeah, I might be disappointed, but I don't think so. I've had a good success rate with meeting people who are my heroes, actually. But you never know. I'm always scared of it. It's, I, you know, I've watched a lot of interviews and movies and <laughs> concerts and everything, and it might not be a true reflection on who they are, but everything I've seen, I like. So do you identify as a geek? Yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> don't know if well, I like the label, of, though, because no, there's more to it no, than no, that. No, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, I sort of sometimes dislike knowing that I love Pearl Jam and football, because people would not know that unless came up in conversation they wouldn't expect it yeah well those are kind of quite diverse things in a weird way to, to like like if if, if 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 I mean that's what I like about like one of the things about geek culture and we're, we're, we're immersed in now because geeks are in charge to a certain extent now so I'm, I'm slightly suspicious of geeks as, as they become more and more like controlling culture but I am one yeah. uh, but 
what's nice about that kind of culture is it's about passion often yeah. it's about really being passionate about mm-hmm. uh, specific things and being really interested yeah, in the, <laughs> the structure like like it seems to be like you're in fan clubs you're like, you like you know, <laughs> do you collect stuff to do these people yeah do I uh, not if it doesn't have a practical use I won't collect posters just to have but cool. like all the CDs I, I have um, <laughs> And I don't have so much football stuff, but I have a scarf and yeah. jersey. <laughs> um, you, you identify as a Rio Madrid. Real. Real. <laughs> I can't even Vanilla. speak English, let alone any other. Sorry. Right. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, I can't, I don't know. I'm so bad, like, uh, present, like, because I'm doing these nights, as you know, yes. where I have to do people's names. Yes. It's like my, my nightmare. Every time I, like, look down at the paper, I'm like, I have Sorry. no idea how to say it. <laughs> oh, it's okay. So it's Real, Real Madrid. <laughs> yes. Fan. I am a fan. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the official New York branch of the fan club. <laughs> do you do what? Do they get together and have yeah. meetings? Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, not me, but watching the game together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which I loved in New York. I have not found the same thing here. Um, well, it's less. Um, it's less unusual here. It's less much, special. Yeah. I mean, it's much more. It's it, it, it is the dominant culture. Yeah, and that's hard, kind of, for me because. The people who I was watching the game with in New York were so special, very fun and friendly, and a lot like me in some ways. Um, I don't know if I've found that here, but I would love to watch games oh, with be, other people. There'll be some nice. Like there, there are. I know some of my best friends are football <laughs> supporters. I, I I I try not to be prejudiced <laughs> against the sport. Good. It's uh, well, I'll I'll see. Um, I'm sure I'll watch some games out. But I'm also happy to watch by myself because it just makes me happy. Also, the regularity of it. It's kind of like if you have a favorite TV show and it's on every Tuesday and you look forward to Tuesdays. This is the same thing. It's usually twice a week and it gives me something to really look forward to twice a week. So it never stops. I like that. It's consistent. I, li- I like the way that you like football, and I, I, I'm glad that you that you expanded on it. I've certainly had some conversations where I've sort of put the f- sort of said to the to the person I've been talking to, explain why I should like football, and they'd be like, "It's just good." Yeah, it's just good. <laughs> oh no! And, like, and that, that that I mean, they're, they're right. They're right. Uh, there's no. Sure, you don't you have to like have a big dramatic like reason why things are good. Like, but it, but that's a way in for me that I, that, that that I don't get from. It's good. I'm glad. It's, I always try to think about what I'm doing and have a reason for it. Yeah, you seem very like pretty deliberate. Yeah. Yes, I'm really deliberate. Maybe <laughs> too much, but I can't turn it off. Sure. I analyze. Think, I like that. Do you think you're? Would you say like broadly you're introverted? Yes, but I don't have a problem talking to strangers um, too much, <laughs> and I kind of love talking actually. So introvert but I think there's a whole something else yeah too. there's a whole thing I, I haven't read it yet there's a book called Quiet I can't remember the author but uh, Jen who you know my girlfriend uh, she, she read it it's about introvert it's, it's mm-hmm. about like the power of in- oh, introversion in, in and, well it's, it's basically making the argument that school system and I mean I'm saying all this to have not read the book but I've seen the <laughs> TED talk um, but like, it's like the school system is 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 structured for extroverts, hmm. and it and it and it and it's it's making the argument that, that the way we sort of structure society is designed for extroverts, and actually introverts have as much to bring to everybody's yeah. collective uses. Yeah. And in that book, it talks about confident extroverts oh. and insecure extroverts and confident <laughs> introverts and insecure introverts. Yeah. And you seem like a confident introvert, whereas I am probably uh, an insecure extrovert mm. uh, I, I don't know I like sometimes I feel like I'm an in- introvert but nobody yeah. will believe me you know? so <laughs> there's no point in trying to argue okay <laughs> that sounds accurate to for me that I feel confident um, I tend to really believe in what I'm doing um, I try <laughs> to. you don't you don't seem to feel the need to change the way oh, that you are I wouldn't. in social situations but no. a lot of I think a lot of introverts do feel that oh, pressure I shouldn't but I guess I also and extroverts too can open up and talk it, it wasn't always that way I used to be more shy and timid 
have gotten better, um, and I like it that way. So maybe some people are shy and want to be shy, but I was always shy and really unhappy that I was. Oh, that's right. Shy is the word. Maybe it's shy rather than the than in, insecure. Maybe it's a shy introvert. Or, oh, it could be. Um, yeah. Or a non-shy introvert, and that's that makes sense. I think the key for me, though, was that I was unhappy being that way. Yeah. So... Uh, I just it's important to do what you want to <laughs> um, and I, I usually feel like I can do that now there's still sometimes I'm holding back and thinking I don't want to hold back but I'm too nervous not to but, yeah. so I still get nervous but yeah you, you, it, I mean I, I can relate to that yeah. I get nervy too uh, I think a lot of people do I think it's like a pretty pretty yeah. universal thing it's just how you ex- how you um, it's not obviously it's not completely universal but it's it's how you express that ner- those nerves that is the defi- decide- decider so some people they may feel nervous but they they don't express it yeah know? so I think I, mean, I hope <laughs> I hope I'm, I hope we're not that different from people who seem very together <laughs> and not nervy you know? yeah I think we, we all we all on the same uh, I think so the same landscape of feelings yeah. The it well, it has been a pleasure getting better acquainted with you, yeah. Becca. And the last question I ask people is, do you have anything to plug? Which is a, a oh. weird one. Um, and I've I've started sort of saying as well that that a lot of people interpret that very literally, and other people interpret that uh, as a sort of do you have something to say to the world or whatever. So, okay. Um, <laughs> Either either option is fine, and some people don't say anything, so it's really fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't have much. It's I kind of feel like I'm doing everything because I want to, not because I care about other people seeing it. Um, I don't know. Pay more attention to lettering, though, because it's really crucial, and people don't think it is. Um, What's crucial about it? Communication. So if you get the lettering wrong, then you get the communication wrong. Maybe I just feel like it's not treating the letters with the... Respect. Respect. Because they are forms that have beauty to them. I'm not talking about people's handwriting, because it's your own. That's fine. That's just communicating. But maybe artists... Who try to make things beautiful just try to do that with your letters <laughs> also don't just they're not an extra thing aside from the world of artwork artwork um, they're not outside that world in it well that's great well yeah. I, mean, yeah, I, I should try and, 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 and sort out my, my handwriting sometime <laughs> but I fear I'm a lost cause I like it it's very zen and calming and relaxing for me so. Maybe it can be that for other people too. Just writing very slowly. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting that like, the process yeah. of writing slowly. I've never really like for me writing is just getting it, the idea down mm-hmm. as quickly as possible. Yeah. So I like, but then I can't. I can I I can type pretty fast, but I, but somehow I can't write poetry really. On a keyboard. No. I, I kind of have to do that by hand. I understand. <laughs> or, or it's some lyrics and, and yeah. our poetry to me. Sure. It's the same. Yeah. Yeah. More it's of a connection. Of, yeah, whereas I could write novels on a, on a computer and I could not <laughs> write them on a computer. I do everything by hand. <laughs> well, this has been a really interesting conversation. Yeah, I and think thank so you too. very much for having it. The last thing I ask people to do is to say goodbye to the audience. Thank you. Bye. You can find Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter, at GBA Podcast. You can find it on Facebook. It's Getting Better Acquainted. Have a search on Facebook and like it. Or you can find it on the website, www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk. You can also subscribe by searching on iTunes and subscribing to us that way. And on the Stitcher Smart Radio app, you can download for your smartphone from stitcher.com or through the App Store. There are lots of ways to get better acquainted.